I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim, guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And on this episode, we're entering our listener feedback show. Whoop, 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 whoop for the Dune the road to dune the road to dune the dune road to dune no they yeah. the road to spice dune. world spice yo world. <laughs> posh bring a posh posh oh man so probably our most varying re- review of a book so far yeah absolutely so if you didn't hear the main show even if you haven't read uh the road to dune and you want to hear us kind of bicker <laughs> we all, all fawned over. We all fawned over it. We yeah. fawned over it with love and adulation. Yeah, I mean, I think that that yeah. pretty much each of us loved one part that, that you know it was like very varied. So, so go check it out. Um, meanwhile, while you're here, remember if you want to take part in our listener feedback show, you can do so by emailing DuneSagaPodcast at gmail Hit us up on our Facebook, on our Twitter. Or go to the main hub of the podcast at DudeCyclePodcast.com. Yeah. You can also mm-hmm. call our feedback line, which is... one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. That's one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. Great. Oper- operators are standing by. Operators are standing by. It's just <laughs> actually, it's just Scott, like 24-7. Right. Yeah, I'm just like, ha, call, call, call. Is <laughs> that the phone? Honey, was that the phone? Yeah. <laughs> Dude's like a podcast. That's how I, I, I answer anyone that calls me. I was like, Dude's like a podcast. Scott her talk here. It's, it's constant. <laughs> so a big thank you to the people who continue to support us on Patreon. Uh, you thank rock. You, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can check out Dude's like a podcast. Uh, on the Patreon website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. About that. Uh, let's move into the listener feedback. Absolutely. And our first peak of... Uh, I can't speak here. Our first peak, our first piece of feedback is from Marco Salazar, who writes in, and um, and let me just say this before we get into him. The, our feedback tonight is quite varied because it's been four months, really, since we've done a feedback show. So you'll see, you'll hear all sorts of stuff here. Um, and we often do bad reviews at the end and we have a few of them, although you guys did a terrible job of giving bad reviews in the last show. So I don't know why, I don't know why we need to do this again, but we, we have a few there that gave it two stars. But anyways, Marco Salazar writes in and says this guys, Frank Herbert had planned to introduce the machines in the end from the very beginning. In Children of Dune, when Aaliyah, Alia, overdoses on the spice and, hi- and hate finds her, she has a vision about the hate Duncan. She starts seeing him change into an old and young and an old and young again. 
has a flash forward to the blood and machines. Hate gets Elliot to take the antidote before she dies, but we get a glimpse into the future. So Brian and Kevin may have expanded on the idea, but Frank had already laid down the groundwork for introducing the thinking machines in the distant future relative to Alia's presence and had planned on Duncan appearing over and over as the Gola. From a dune nerd, Marco. I don't remember that... um... That vision as vividly as that. I, I feel like I need to go back and read that vision. Yeah, I, I can't say yes or no. Um, that's the way it was. I, I mean, I remember there was a vision of a horrible future, but I just don't, I don't remember what it was exactly. So um, I can't argue that point. So you could very well be right. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. But I completely agree with the fact that Frank laid out the machines all the way back in Dune. I mean, we have... You know, you hear about the Balearian Jihad and this and that. And even as the books move on, like you hear about the growing threat from outside um, solar system, put the, the honored matures back in, like all that kind of stuff. So definitely you're right. They did expand on it. And, you know, they say very clearly that they had notes by him that had this all kind of laid out. So I totally agree. Jim, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I have to agree with you david because we know we know where the source of the stories is and so you know i can't argue with that at all right yeah he's got a very he's got a very valid point whether or not the things he's sourcing it with are right or wrong whatever but he is correct in his general well he is a do nerd that's for sure. he is a do nerd yeah and i love the last name <laughs> Yeah. Salazar. Salazar. Jim, let's go to our next listener feedback. Okay. Uh, Dom Nardi writes, Hi, guys. Hope you are doing well. As much as I want to hear your thoughts on Hunters and Sandworms of Dune, I was worried that oh, that would also mean uh, that it would the show would end soon. Fortunately, from the latest feedback episode, it sounds like you have a game plan for life after the novels. I emailed you a while back regarding the idea of doing a show about politics in Dune. I'm a Ph.D. candidate in political science at the University of Michigan. Um, On one of the feedback episodes, you mentioned that you might be interested in something like that. Uh, Anyways, I just thought I'd follow up. No rush on my part, but please feel free to email me if I can be helpful. On that note, I also think it'd be interesting to do other episodes focused on specific themes in Dune, like ecology, religion, predestination versus free will, etc. Uh, there's a good book called Dune and Philosophy that I recommend if you haven't read it. It touches upon these topics, although I'm not sure I agree with the politics chapters. Always looking forward to hearing uh, your thoughts on the uh, grand finale. Kralizek is coming. Uh, sincerely, soon to be Dr. Dominic J. Nardi Jr. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Jim. Take it. Um. Oh wow. Uh. Well, I. I wouldn't mind having this person on to talk about it and maybe lead a talk. Yeah. Um. On on some of this. Uh. It it's. That would get awful deep, though. 
They would. You know, and that's maybe another book that we can throw onto our, our list if we want to. Um, I just looked it up. It is available on um, on the Kindle and paperback off of Amazon. Dune and Philosophy, The Weirding Way of the Mentac, Popular Culture and Philosophy uh, is the name of it. And uh, mm-hmm. certainly maybe worth throwing on, especially maybe as a companion if we do have them on to discuss this on a show. Yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely interested in the idea. I know that there are other shows and podcasts and stuff that have gone down that road of digging into specifics uh, with conversations with yeah. people that know what they're talking about. So um, if we could do it in a way that was relevant to the show yeah, and kind of like kept in line with what we're doing what was fun and i mean it's it's worth discussing i mean i'm open to the idea we will one of us will contact you probably me um and just kind of touch base yeah absolutely if you need an address we can uh throw it out i think he emailed us that so we should all right thank you dominic and i forgot to thank marco as well for emailing us and give us your thoughts here david you want to take off pause sure this is from paul mooney paul maladib mooney uh, <laughs> hi david scott and jim i'm a big fan of the podcast and even a bigger fan of the dune novels this just this july i started reading dune by frank herbert and was hooked i worked uh, my way through the original series of novels and looped back around to read all of brian and kevin's work last week i finished mentats of dune and i'm now up to date with the books so far and your podcast these books speak to me in a deep level as i'm sure they do to many fans who are also listening to your show. I was touched by one such story of, of the reader who was brought closer to his dying father. I believe the good storytelling, I believe that good storytelling will always have an amazing effect on people. Anyway, I would like to share with you guys two very shocking revelations that struck me when reading the Dune books. I hope you find these as interesting as I have. Number one, mentats or the techniques at least are real. I am not sure if Frank Herbert was aware of this when he wrote the first Dune book, but all of the amazing things that Mentats can accomplish are very much real. As a complete as a complete nerd of psychology, speed reading, memory, and mental sports, it was very exhilarating to read such character portrayed in books. And although their abilities may be exaggerated in the books, there are a wide range of mental disciplines which are surprisingly easy to learn in the world that exists separately. But if one person could learn all of them, he or she would be very similar to what the Dune world would call a mentat. If anyone is interested, they should read further into mnemonics and mental calculations. I had a strange chill when I read Erasmus teaching Gibraltar how to compartmentalize information. Nerdy, I know. Mm-hmm. Number two, Frank's desires spill onto the page. Freudian style. I had a very eerie epiphany when listening to your podcast with Brian Herbert. I found the story he told of himself and Frank beautiful. There was a moment when he said something along the lines of subconsciously becoming a writer. It was then that I froze on the spot, quite literally. I don't know if it was all those boring psychoanalyst lectures I took or I was just purely insane, but it struck me in the moment that the whole Dune saga is unmistakably a symbolic retelling of a father's legacy being passed on to his son, one that both Frank and Brian may have been aware of or not. I mean, think about it. This story is told multiple times in the, in the saga, uh, 
Agnemnon, Vorian, Erasmus, Gibraltus, uh, Paulus and Leto, Leto and Paul, Paul Leto the second, Leto the second, uh, and the entire human race. I like that one. <laughs> uh, I could go on, but hopefully readers will look for more themes such as these. There are other themes at play here, such as characters with Jessica and her similarities to Frank's wife, and there is no mistaking any of it. Frank was a true artist. He threw himself literally into the story. Ryan and Kevin were capable of spotting the themes and rolling with it. I'm in awe of it all. Thanks, guys, for listening to me ramble. Keep up the good work. Paul Mahadeeb. Whoa. Yeah. Well, the intellectuals are sure coming out of the woodwork tonight. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Well, and he says some really good things. I mean, the idea of... Mm of being able to mentally process information or remember information and, and go through information. Uh, I've certainly seen people that have had these skills, and so I, I agree with them, um, that the, the, the possibility is there. Um, and the whole father-son relationship, this is a trope that appears not only in Frank's book, but in many in many books, probably. Would you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think my favorite was the, the laid out of the human Oh, yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. go, go ahead, Jim. Oh, well, I was just going to say, yeah, as a musician, uh, I experience um, a mentat level sort of concentration when I'm studying a piece of music, you know, where, okay, it's time to get to work here. Everything else goes away, and, and you focus on one thing. It's really amazing the things that a human mind is really capable of when one is able to focus on something. Hmm. Yeah, and that's true. Um, without distraction, it's why they say multitasking is really a lie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always found Mentats interesting just as a, as a synesthete in how I perceive differently than, than others perceive. I can relate to some of the compartmentalizing and kind of like sometimes the synesthesia makes me remember things in a very vivid way that I would have, I don't even realize. I don't even realize yeah. I remembered something. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. And it's neat to see that the stories that listeners have shared about the way Dune has connected him to family is resonating with other listeners. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. But. Mm -hmm. So, very good. Well, thank you so much, uh, Paul Modi Mooney, for sharing. <laughs> so, pre <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, this next email comes from Mark Bags. Hi, guys. Did I miss the last two books? This is my favorite podcast, and I haven't seen podcasts for them. Also, I want to know which series you'll read next. Looking forward to finishing up the Dune series. Okay, so he wrote at a time when we had had vacancy in our podcast. So we recorded back in August, but we really hadn't put out a show probably since the beginning of August. Mm. And it was, when did we start putting them out again? Beginning of November? Yeah, uh, end of October, October, beginning of November. Yeah, so big break there. Yeah. And um, there was a lot going on personally in our lives. Uh, David, I know you were moving, changing jobs and had yeah. that. And the editing kind of... Um, I don't know, kind of got lost in the shuffle, I guess. Yeah, we were steady on recording them for, for two months, uh, but they just didn't get out. Right. So they were done, and to us they were done. 
and we just didn't get there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we did so we did some marathon editing and yeah. um, and uh, put out. Uh, we should be up to date, and so this should be the next one that you're hearing. And so totally our fault, totally life getting in the way, and but hopefully we're back in track to putting yeah. it out about monthly. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. so we'll take care of that, but uh, you did not miss anything. You just missed us, and that's important. And thank you for that. So, uh, Jim, do you want to read this next comment? I sure will. Uh, Gatecast. Uh, this week's promo is for fans of classic and contemporary sci-fi literature with the Dune Saga podcast. Yeah, and then there are links to yeah. us. So uh, Mike Crate from the Gatecast. They played our promo and plugged us. So Thanks. We're going to give them some love here in the listener feedback show. We love when people kind of uh, share the love of the Dune Saga podcast. Do you have any uh, contact or lookup information for the Gatecast? Uh, no, but if you just if you look up the Gatecast, you're going to find it. They are they are the they are the Stargate podcast. Um, um, Mike Crate is a, one of the guys that runs it. So you can look him up on Twitter and yeah. Jarek is the other one. There, there's just, or maybe that is Mike Crate. I forget if he goes by that moniker or not. Do you know Jim? Um, I forget. Gosh, I know the name, but I'm not yeah. a Stargate yeah. fan. So I, yeah. I've never really listened. So just watch Stargate universe. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, and uh, David, this next one, I just threw in, we had a bunch of people that retreated episodes and just shared the love. So I just threw in, so we're just going to read through this list of names, just thanking people for retweeting. Yeah, and awesome. it's quite possible that we missed some. And if we missed some, I'm so sorry. I just went through our retweets and just, you know, found out everything since August that we had. So uh, if you want to just read through lists, some of these are also likes on Facebook. And again, I'm sorry if I missed them. All right. So thanks and retweets. Uh, episode likes. We've got uh, David Michael, Lady Jessica, Bridge of Hithgar, Mike from the from the Gatecast, Up to Podcast, Drive Back the Night, Skinner Co., Ion Trone, George Washington. George Washington. George Washington, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, he's from he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Art House Legends, The Crew. Also on Facebook, we had Wayne Henderson, Shane A. Herbert, Simon Daly, uh, Ruben Castro, Luke Bowles, Darren Kerrigan, John Brode, John Broody Paul, Dan Rudd, Audrey Knight, Matt Jorstrom, Simon Daly, Steel Robin, Hank Davis of the AOS Fan. Yeah, podcast. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Um, I wonder if uh, Shaney Herbert's a relative. Yes, I believe. I, I believe um, he is. He's somehow connected to Brian. He runs the social media stuff. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, Shane, for sharing that. So great to have him on. Um, I th we do have some other uh, regular feedback as well, but uh, we did get note this week or just last week or a couple weeks ago that, you know, Kevin G. Anderson handed off a final edit to Brian. Yeah. So that's big news, right? Big news for navigators. So Brian's got to do his final edit and then off to publication. Yeah. So we're not far. Not far at all. What do you, what do you think about this, Jim? I think it's great. <laughs> he, enthusiasm. He can't wait to get back into the novels. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, this uh, next comment, Jim, uh, just to give it some context, Bridger Rethgear, um, he uh, commented after one of our listener feedback shows. Um, it actually may have been the OzFest show that we put out. Yeah. I think so. So, by the way, uh, Jim hosted a Dune panel for the second year in a row. At OzFest, that's the um, Oz Omaha Science Fiction yeah. Fantasy uh, 
group in Omaha who will not, unfortunately, be having a con this year. Yeah, that's uh, what I heard. That's what I heard. But yeah. uh, his response is in response to that. Do you want to share what he wrote, Jim? Sure will. Um, you spoke of the notes at the beginning that, and the, oh, wow, I'm going to have to increase the size of this. I can't see it. You spoke of the notes at the beginning and that reminded me of an interview with Brian Herbert recently when he revealed that before he started writing into the Dune universe using the notes that they found of his father's, he put together a 600-page single-spaced encyclopedia reference work. I expect that this reference work he currently has is typed on a standard 8.5 by 11. If we were to take into consideration the possibility that this could be back to front of page, uh, if he were to format it in, into a novel-sized book, it could be 1,200 pages, which is slightly bigger than a normal Game of Thrones book, or it could possibly be even bigger. I'll uh, leave a link for this article, and then he gives us a link. Yeah. That would be one heck of a encyclopedia they could publish. <laughs> do you think we'll do you think we'll ever see it? No. Probably not. I don't think we'll ever see it. Once they once they put out an encyclopedia, they've hard written uh whatever flexible canon they have. Yeah. And plus any story ideas they may generate from that could potentially be spoiled. Yeah. 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 Uh but do would I like to read it? Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no no doubt there. Well, this one comes from uh Jeffrey Hughes. Uh or is it Joffrey? Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Hughes. Don't say Joffrey. Joffrey. We, we kill him off in <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> Reading the books in chronolo- chronological order is great. I'm on Sisterhood of Dune right now. Looking at your podcast release, it looks like you guys skipped it. For shame. Okay, we didn't skip it. Will people please stop saying that? <laughs> yeah. We are going back. We just wanted to read all the school books together. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, th- we've been doing this for two years. Uh, if we had been, if we had been doing it and read the school books at the time that we read it, uh, what was this? What's the second one? It's Mentats. Mentats. Sisterhood. Mentat. Mentats wasn't even out. Right. So we would have read. Sisterhood of Dune, and then had two years before we read the second book. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, we couldn't, we wouldn't have been able to move on as a podcast. We'd have been waiting for two just years just to waiting. continue reading. I mean, like, just publish mm-hmm. it so we can finish this I dang know. podcast, I right? Know. I mean, every month we would have just been putting out Dune, like Dune loot compilations for right. Jim. An hour of Jim playing the loot every every week. Man, we'd have lost listeners left and right. Ah, uh, baloney, you could do worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, it's coming, because yep. it's coming. Yeah. So, uh, Simon Daly said, I really enjoyed the alternative take on Dune, talking about Spice World. Spice Planet, just Spice kidding. Planet. Spice Planet. I really enjoyed the alternative take on Dune in this book. It was great to see Frank's thought processes and the things that carried through. I'm with you. I agree. I'm glad you really enjoyed it, despite my dankos. I don't know what you're talking about. Jim. Jim. (laughs) You're blaming in Jim. He's going to bash you with his loot if you don't watch it. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Any thoughts on what Simon had to say, Jim? Um, No, not really. That's what I thought. (laughs) 
But anyways, Jim, do you want to read what Rick had to say? I will. Rick Tatro, uh, also known as Admomarius, says, I tried really hard to get through Spice Planet, or whatever it was called, but it was so clearly a first draft, I never finished. And then in response to that, a gentleman named Simon Daly, who we'll hear from in a, a briefly, he says, it's not long, LOL. And Rick came back with, it is when you're chasing a toddler. He's got a three-year-old, so. <laughs> right, right. Well, that, that that would definitely happen. Simon Daly, we actually just heard from in the prior post. But yeah. So he, did, he didn't make through it either. Him and Roland should be best buds. <laughs> practically are. They practically sure. are. I'm like, sure. Whew, tight. They're tight, yeah, tight. All right. Uh, next one comes from Crivo. I know it's CRVO. Is the yeah, that's what, that was, that's what was written. So. Cool. Count me in our growing courtier of fish speakers. I, too, named God Emperor my favorite of the original saga. I came to my opinion over time. Initially reading book four in my rereading schedule. Now I view it as the volume in which Frank Herbert begins to reveal the scope of his work in the Dune universe. As for other readers finding it difficult to f for forging forward, it's understandable. There's little direct connection to the familiar places we are hoping to hoping to learn about when we first check the volume. At first, even the familiar names are alien as as characters and the gulf between the roles in God Emperor compared to the first three novels can swallow a reader's interest, along with seeming lack of continuity. Another personal factor in God Emperor is the use of port of portent in regard to the next two books and the tying together of sim similarly uh, portentous uh, moments from book one through three. I like it as a nexus of prescient timelines. I agree. I like it. It's 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 the middle book of it's the connecting book of two trilogies. One's unfinished. Well, was unfinished. It's a connecting book of the two halves of Dune, really. And I, I still love God Emperor. You know, I still I go back and while God Emperor was not my favorite of the books, there are there are certainly still points that merited um, goodness out of it. I like God God Emperor, not my favorite book. I know, like some people, was it your favorite book? It's mine. It was your favorite book. And Jim, was it your favorite book? I don't remember. No, no, Doom Messiah. That was <laughs> Doom Messiah. I'm sorry. But, I think I like that one better than you guys did. But. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But no, I think this is great. The idea of, you know, the depth and the breadth of, of Frank's world. You certainly do get that in. And, um, and we really get, I think Duncan kind of irked me in this one. Oh, in, in that one. Yeah. He's more of a, a puss compared to the other ones. He's like growing into the, to the strong Duncan. That's where we're really introduced to the Gola version of Duncan being so old, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. This next one's from Ulrich. Hi, Dune Saga dudes. All right. First of all, thanks for a really great podcast and the insightful comments. I've been wanting to reread this epic saga for a while. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to do so in a condensed version while on my bike. I am writing you for a few different reasons. One. Is there some updating issue with the podcast episodes? Or have you stopped for other reasons? My RSS feed and, and the episodes on the site stops with Chapter House in June, but on your Facebook says it says currently reading Hunters of Dune that will be released in July 29th. Am I missing something? 
Well, we should yep. be updating now, and hopefully it is okay at this point. If they're not updating, please let me know. Of course, if they're not updating, you won't hear this. But uh, we uh, did stop for a while, and again, because of personal reasons, we have recorded up to the end, except for the school books, as we mentioned, and a few other odds and ends that we are doing in between. It's all there now. It's all there now. It should be. should all be there now. Yep. Um, I really like the format of an in-depth analysis of the fictional universe across multiple volumes, which is so much more than the standard book review. My question is, do you know of other podcasts with a similar approach to sci-fi or fantasy worlds? I particularly, I would be particularly interested in those worlds. Um, and he, he writes Timothy Zahn's Star Wars books, Kevin G. Anderson's Seven Sons, analyzed and discussed by you guys or other fiction gurus. Um, so and then he goes into a story of Dune. Before we get into his story of Dune, his story history, uh, what uh, what other podcasts do you know that do this sort of thing? As in depth as we do, I don't know. I do know that Sword and Laser. I, that was the one I was going to mention. Yeah, it was kind of my inspiration when I came to you guys for the show. So I know that they do do series on there. Um, so that was probably the most in depth, and then. Whatever the Dune Saga podcast uh, morphs into. Yeah, we'll continue to do some sort of it. Timothy's on Star Wars books. People may not do because they're not canon anymore. Right. right. But they're <laughs> Even supposed amazing. They are amazing. The, the, the Heir to the Empire, the, uh, the, the, the Thrawn, the Hand of Thrawn series, yeah. the Outbound Flight. Got a chance to sit down with him on the, on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast and chat with him. Just an amazing, amazing guy. Yeah, so, yeah, so. I mean, just a review. I mean, uh, if you like sci-fi stuff, check out. Scott's other show, Dune Saga, or uh, Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Yeah, Dune Saga podcast, too, you can check out. <laughs> but, uh, that one there. Yeah. Dude, but, um, mm-hmm. So this is his story of Dune that he had. Um, my own Dune history is very nonlinear. I read the original Dune in my early teens in the early 90s. I was introduced to the book by one of my friends and sort of understood that the book was a major work in sci-fi. I really did like the story, and particularly the austerity of the Fremen society fascinated me, but the technology felt a little dated. And I think a lot of political and philosophical storylines went a little over my head, so I left the universe after Dune with the impression that nice story, but nothing that rocked my world. Skip 10, 15 years and insert 20-plus Star Wars expanded universe books, including Kevin Jay's Jedi Academy series. I'm at a flea market and passing some word on the cover of a book catches my attention. The word Harkonnen in the house Harkonnen. And I remember the Dune book when I see Kevin J. Anderson as the author. It's a no brainer. I give it another chance. I come home, read 10 pages of it and find out that it's book two in the series. I get the other books and eat it up and love the books. And then I go back and read all of the original series, this time in the original language. And I'm blown away by the many layers and scope of the story. As stated earlier, I probably didn't quite get it the first time around. Finishing the series with Hunters and Sandworms, here I was really surprised at how seamless the transition from Frank's books to Kevin's and Brian's. Then the Legends books was published, I think, so I read those and enjoyed the backstory. And now I'm working through the schools and other inter- intermediates, Paul and Winds of Dunes. Now Dune, or as I like to refer it, the Duneiverse, is a central part of my life and the, the way I think about a lot of things, ethics, economics, family relations, uh, philosophy, sustainability, and ecology. Anyway, the whole point of this long story is that I think the books can be enjoyed in any order as long as you stay in the sequence with each, each set of books. And as a counterpoint to many negative comments about the new authors, for me, I probably would have never returned to the Dooneyverse if not for those books, and I'm forever grateful for it. Are the new books better? 
I don't think so, but they were what was needed to catch my 20-year-old brain's attention again. Thank you for an awesome podcast. I hope to hear more like it in the future. Regard, Ulrich Lund from Denmark. Thank you, Ulrich, for writing in. Yeah. So any thoughts from either one of you guys about uh, what Ulrich is saying here? I, uh, I like I like, I like the story. I do. I think it's cool uh, the way that he kind of came back to it. I also find it interesting that he went to English when he switched back to reread the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I, I always think that's kind of interesting to hear of people who read it in different languages and how they interpret it. And so, yeah. Jim? I want to go back to where he's talked about um, podcasts that go in depth in the books, and one that I listen to, if if you don't mind me mentioning, is called Visionary Trek, and it it's strictly Star Trek. They review books, they talk about books, Star Trek books, uh, interview a lot of the authors, and uh, do a great job of tearing books apart and putting them back together again. So if you're look if if you're into Star Trek at all, that might be one to listen to. Um, as far as his story, really cool story. It's always neat when somebody rediscovers something. And um, yeah, that's about it. You know, he talks about he speaks with a lot of love toward uh, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson, and uh, partly because of Kevin J. Anderson's work in the Star Wars universe, this drew him back into the Dune universe, and he views it as being kind of seamless. And for me, I, I'm not a hater of one or the other. Again, I come if I'm, I come at it having not read the original books out, you know, come out when they came out, so I never had a I don't I didn't have a real big love for Frank Herbert or a big hatred for Frank Herbert or Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert. So for me, not a huge deal. Right. But I know that is for some. Yeah, it is for some. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't find either. Yeah. So just wanted to say that. But thank you again, Ulrich, for uh, writing in and sharing your thoughts and certainly sharing your story. I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I do have a question, Ulrich, if you do ever get this. What made reading it in the original language more meaningful than reading it in your native language? I'd be interested in knowing that. You know, because you often hear stuff being lost in translation whenever you see it translate a book. So be interesting to see what see where that comes out. But Mm -hmm. um, Jim, this I'm going to be honest when I put this email together, this is actually a compilation of about three different posts that this uh, mother inferior put together. So I tried to make it so they flow together, but uh, you might have to do a little bit of work for me. All right. Uh, From mother inferior, it says, hi, guys, I'm a new listener. Been working my way through your podcasts on the EU novels, which I haven't read. I jumped ahead to this podcast with some trepidation because the last three novels of the original six are my favorites, and Darwi Odrade is my favorite Dune character, and I was worried that you wouldn't like them. Big, huge smiley face. Anyhow, I am enjoying your podcasts, and I offer you a small recompense. Now, may I? Now, uh, may I just? interrupt you here for a second she did put some links in that kind of talk about her uh thoughts in particular about darwio drain and i didn't include them because there were links off site and they went a lot more in depth but i'll try to include them we'll try to post them onto our facebook page for listeners but then she wrote in regarding winds of dune which is where this picks up yes uh this book is my first foray into the Dune EU, and I have mixed feelings about it. 
If it were a ger generic young adult sci-fi book, I would say it's pretty good. But because it's a Dune book, I sometimes get pulled out of the story by noticing things that should be there but aren't. I should be seeing Jessica's reverend mother attunement uh, to minute psychological tells. Hmm? I should be seeing characters who take the time to examine a problem from every possible angle, while others subtly manipulate them towards or away from a particular insight while regretting the need to do so. But that is quintessential Dune stuff just isn't there. Uh, but, excuse me, but that quintessential Dune stuff just isn't there. It's as if someone took a real Dune book and mercilessly cut it down to make it into a Dune virgin. A part of me can appreciate and enjoy it. I just can't help but want more than the subject is Dune. Uh, it is not God-awful, I pray for death kind of thing, uh, as some Brian Herbert, Kevin J. Anderson reviews go. It just seems like extremely light fare compared to the originals. Kevin J. Anderson has a well-earned reputation for writing roughshod over established continuity, not just in the Dune universe, but in other books. And there is no doubt that some readers feel jerked out about the flow of the narrative when they run up against blatant continuity discrepancies, uh, whether or not there is a plausible explanation for them. I am one such reader, but I can deal with relatively small ones, like whether Paul ever traveled off-world before the events of Dune. I am more critical of bigger issues, like rewriting Daniel and Marty completely. But that's why I've avoided the sequels. These interquills are a better place for Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson to expand the universe, in my opinion. Huge smiley face. Yeah. So let me get this straight. So what she likes is those intermediate novels between the novels. Well, she doesn't like them, but she thinks they fit better than the prequels. What she hasn't read, the, expanded, the other expanded universe stuff. Here's what I'm going to say, Mother Inferior. Become the Mother Superior we all know you're meant to be and read the other books. Because so much of the stuff that's in them, you think, oh, the continuity, this and that, right? So much of the stuff that's in them is set straight in the Frank Herbert books or at the very least the final two books. Um, it's explained, but small things you didn't think about before, such as Paul leaving Earth, or leaving not Earth, leaving Caldan before when it said in the in the other stuff that he hadn't. You know, I think it's Paul of Dune where they really dig into how Irulan is um, changing history, right? And, and that fact that that thing where she never he never left Caldan is written by Irulan. It's one of the chapter leaders, right? And so that's just an example mm -hmm. of history being manipulated and us as readers not knowing any better i mean you can argue this all you want but but if you look at it this way us as readers not knowing any better taking this history as face value when the actual book of the prequel book is uh what actually happened no no i'm with you so yeah mm -hmm. any other thoughts jim yeah i'm complete complete agreement um there there's so much here in the dune universe that that um you know, you you can take them piecemeal if you want, but it's so much richer if you read it all. Yeah, I know. 
I agree. I Minus agree. the Roach dude. Hey, shut it. <laughs> shut it. <clears throat> hey, we got we got one more in, and this is a late breaking one. And um, this actually comes in from Jamie, who I believe you yeah, know. Yeah. So she actually she actually gave us a voicemail. Hi, this is Jamie calling about the Dune Saga podcast. I wanted to say that I am a friend of David's, and he started me reading the Butlerian Jihad, which I loved. And I'm now on the Machine Crusade, so I feel so behind knowing there are so many books left to read. I'm sort of slogging through this one. I feel like it's a lot of business detail and not enough action, really. Um, but I am enjoying the story a lot, and probably, I don't know what it says about me, but Erasmus is probably my favorite character uh, because I find him the most interesting. I'm always sort of wondering what he'll do next. Uh, so, anyway, I just wanted to say that. I'm really enjoying the books so far. Uh, I'm really looking forward to finishing The Machine Crusade, though. I can't uh, lie about that. It's not as thrilling as Balearian Jihad, so I'm looking forward to the next book. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jamie, for calling in and giving us a voicemail here. Um, but let's talk about her love of Erasmus. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. You really don't know where he's going to go. Yeah. He's so you want to make him, you want to feel like he's humanized, but he's not. He's a machine and he's thinking way past what we're thinking. Yeah. Jim, your thoughts? Uh, a machine who, who wants to be more human right. or by, by pretending to be human, gaining a better understanding of humanity. I have to agree, yeah, that one of the most interesting characters in all the books. And probably, you know, here's the thing, you know, one of the early, as far as one of the early characters we get, of the robots, you know, Omnius seems too overlordish, too big brotherish mm -hmm. in a sense. Um, but Erasmus, because of his quest to be human, he does, he does stuff and... It almost makes it more horrible because he wants to be human, and as his quest to be human, doing these things makes the the things he does against humans all the more terrible. He just misses it. Yeah, yeah. He's like he yeah. he has it, but 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 not quite. Not quite. Not quite. And so I agree with Jamie here. Yeah, yeah I, I agree that he is. He's not my favorite character in the Machine Crusade books, but he is a good character. And an interesting character in other robots, probably the most interesting. So Jamie yeah. read Butler and Jihad in less than a month. And she was really gung-ho for the next book. So I handed over Machine Crusade. It has been almost six months. Six months? To read Jamie. Yep. Jamie, got to get on that. She told me she has like 20-some pages left today. Yeah, you have you have a bunch of books to get to the end of Erasmus because Erasmus isn't gone. I know. I keep telling him, I was like, just yeah. it's a middle book, like you know, you'll be fine. The next book, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And uh, we do get Erasmus at the very end again. That's true. The end of the entire series. Oh, don't listen, Jamie. <laughs> I, of course, if she's listening to this podcast, she's, she's already she, there. Yeah. It's been spoiled. <laughs> it's been spoiled a ton for her. But Jamie, thank you yeah. so much for calling in. We do appreciate yeah. that. Don't please don't tell people. Yes, 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 yes. We won't mention on the podcast that you and David are friends. Not at all. All right. Let's move on to some bad reviews. These were what? Two-star reviews? These are all two-star reviews, okay. and I put them in uh, not really realizing that you gave one-star reviews, jerks. 
Actually, I should say <laughs> that Jim gave this a two and a half star review, so he's more in line with this. But all right, this one comes from Oliver. I had hoped this would be extremely interesting, but unfortunately, it turned out to just be quite interesting. Written by Herbert's son Brian Herbert with Kevin J. Anderson, the main part is taken up by the novella Dune World. <laughs> Written on the basis of Herbert's discarded initial outline of the story that turned into Dune and its sequels, it, it is quite inter- it is a, it is a quite interesting read, much flatter and simpler. But you can start to see uh, many of the characters and concepts that made it into Dune. As such, it is rather interesting to get a glimpse of the process of how he arrived at the finished novel and world. But in and of itself, it is rather bland. The Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson aren't the best of writers, in my opinion at least. Doesn't exactly help the matter, but it is quite interesting. The brief outline of an unpublished article on moving dunes is also quite interesting, as a glimpse of where the idea started. And the rest of the book is taken out by a few interesting letters. That we uninteresting letters. Sorry, a few yeah. uninteresting letters that don't really tell us anything about uh, anything other than yes, Herbert worked with an agent, and they tried hard to get it published. And yes, Herbert made corrections and cut stuff before publishing. Not exactly earth-shattering stuff. Also included are four previously published short stories that aren't very interesting. All right, so two-star review. Yeah. yeah. Then we move on to Andrew with, a, with another two-star review. The draft version of Dune, Spice Planet, was, inter- was an interesting read, but only for Dune and Herbert friends as the story itself compares very poorly with the finished work and has very little to recommend it. Reading like, reading like some, some kind of really bad derivative fanfic amateur work. It really is amazing seeing how a novel develops, and this is one of the best sci-fi novels in prototype form. The letters give even more background detail and illustrate how lucky we are to have ever received Dune in its final form, given the ob. ob- Given the obstacles and opposition Frank Herbert had to become overcome to eventually get it published. Finally, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson present a series of short stories that bridge between some of the world's some of the works before and after Dune. This is interesting to get an idea of the themes that have been that have been developed by Brian from Frank's notes, outlines, and un, unpublished drafts. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, I. Uh... I do agree. It's interesting to see how this book evolved, you know, in its prototype forms. And um, I wouldn't have said it's like fanfic to me. Yeah, it doesn't feel like fanfic. It's, it does. It does feel like a draft. Yeah. Like and I like how he said it was, it was lucky it ever got published. Like he kind of gives that insinuation that we're lucky we even saw Dune with all that he went yeah. through. When you think about the literally the road to dune like it there was a road there was a journey it took yeah. to get there I, I think brian reiterated that even when we spoke with him yeah. about how, how difficult it was to get published yeah. uh jim any thoughts on these uh, two-star reviews um uh, well i can agree with with some of it i i would take out a lot of the negative language that i heard but um i enjoyed it um Probably more than David did, but not quite as much as you did, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were a little bit more middle of the road, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I think that's about it. That kind of wraps yeah. up our show, our good. bad reviews and our voicemail and everything else. And yeah. 
a bunch of feedback there. Thank you to everyone who mailed in. Absolutely. Uh, in. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please don't hesitate to continue to email in at the Dune Saga podcast at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Yeah. But we're on Facebook. We're on the Twitverse. Yeah. Facebook.com slash Dune Saga podcast at Dune Saga podcast. You can check out our main hub. The Dune Saga, it's, I'm sorry, DuneSagaPodcast.com. And please don't forget that we are reading Dune, D-O-O-N. Yes. Dune by National Lampoon's Dune. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek fun little jaunt through it. You can pick these books up on Amazon uh, really cheaply now. Yeah. I'll, look, I'll look at, keep talking. I'll look at, I'll look this yeah. up on Amazon. While we're don't forget you can hit our uh, chat line, which... Uh, has well, a number. No, so yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> mm. It doesn't matter. The number's on the website. You can get there and uh, and uh, give us a call in like Jamie did on this episode, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, I got my copy on Amazon. Uh, National Lampoon's Dune used very good. I think it was, I think I got it for $3. Yeah, you can get it used for like three eighty five. dollars Yeah, so... Or you can pay new $56, but you don't need it. You need to buy it used. <laughs> I refuse yeah. to have anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're making more money than a teacher's salary, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we are doing Dune, but we do appreciate all of you folks and love to hear your thoughts, your emails. Yeah. And even if you disagree with us, we want to hear from you because Lord knows we disagree with each other. Sometimes. And feel free to write in about anything within the Dune. Right, right. Right, exactly. So, once again, for the Dune Saga Podcast, I'm David Bolton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And may Shai Hulu clear the path before you. <laughs>